Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Ask Alice. I have the best question today. I mean, I probably say that every week, but I feel like today's question is really relevant to what I feel is a big trend in the fitness space at the moment. And although this question has a particular slant towards sort of strength and resistance training, I do think that talking about kind of the benefits of this uh, type of exercise are really key as well as addressing the limitations. So the question reads, is Pilates enough to build significant muscle and strength? Again, the reason why I love it is I do feel like Pilates is having its moment. It is hot girl Pilates summer or year, shall we say. I see a lot of people now incorporating Pilates into their exercise routines and I am so here for it. And I think that the fitness industry loves to um, sling insults at anything new and trendy because a lot of us are very stuck in our ways. We love what we do and we're passionate about what we do. And when something new comes along and everyone is suddenly, you know, running off to do the cool new trend, we're like, hang on a second. Wait, wait, like do resistance training, please. But look, me, myself, I feel that Pilates rightfully is having a moment because it is a great form of realistic kind of sustainable training um, that people are really enjoying. And you guys know my number one thing with exercise is I want people to find a way of moving their bodies that they feel good doing and that they enjoy. And so if Pilates is that for you, then amazing. And clearly it is for the person that sent in this question. And so let's really talk about it because the question kind of has like the slant, like I said, of really being focused around, is it helpful in building significant muscle and strength? So I thought when I was writing my notes for this, we'd kind of talk a little bit about, um, you know, a little bit about Pilates in the background, and then we go into the pros and then the limitations. So like I said, Pilates, it does seem to be a hot trend right now. And there are so many benefits to it. It is low impact, low intensity, improves strength, stability, so much more, you know, great for core strength. Um, and I see people really enjoying it and they're able to kind of stick to it consistently. And that's great. On those first two points, the low impact and low intensity, particularly good for those who are maybe a little bit more nervous with their training, maybe resistance training for them is just that little bit too much of a, a higher barrier to entry. Um, and particularly good for people as we age as well. We know that Pilates can be something that people can do. I mean, my grandma's 86 and she still does it. So I think that it's something that you can do right into your old age. And that's, and that's brilliant. Um, so it really has so many benefits. 
Uh, and that being said, that there are some limitations and it's worth discussing those as well. So really let's get into it. So the way I see it, there are two Pilates camps right now. So when we talk about Pilates, that's kind of a big umbrella term for sort of a couple of different factions underneath that. And I kind of know this, I, I have to admit that I'm not Pilates qualified, although I would really like to get my qualification and it's definitely on my things to do this year. Um, but I work very closely with Caroline who teaches on my app uh, and Caroline um, is a super qualified, um, very experienced Pilates instructor, has many years of experience under her belt. It's one of the reasons why I was so attracted to her as a coach for the app. Um, as well as her pre and postnatal qualification, she is an absolute like genius when it comes to Pilates. She's worked in the industry for many, many years. And um, she also loves it, which I love. She really lives and breathes kind of the Pilates principles. And so some of this I'm kind of getting from her or, or you know, by osmosis through her. Uh, and some of it is from my own experience. But like I said, there's kind of uh, a big umbrella term of Pilates. And then within that, I think there are those that are very traditionally trained and kind of have this grounding in anatomy and physiology. And their class structure is derived from a very classical Pilates style training. So I think there is, you know, a very classical style that is quite um, structured and, and kind of built on really solid principles. Um, and then there are those who have kind of gone on to create hybrid versions of that classical style. So these tend to include things like, you know, modern twists, such as adding weights into their sessions or dynamic reformers or kind of mixing Pilates with other things and kind of peppering in their own styles of Pilates. And that's great. You know, that's how exercise evolves and that's how people find their own particular niches. So again, there are sort of, um, a couple of camps within within that big Pilates umbrella. So I think first it's important to kind of identify what Pilates you enjoy. Is it reformer? Is it classical? Is it matte Pilates? Is it dynamic reformer? Whatever it might be, um, really identifying what you enjoy within that because um, all of them are going to have different benefits and limitations. All of them are valid, having said that. And I think it's a really nice way of showing how exercise can change and progress and adapt to what people want and enjoy. Um, so that's not a slight on any of those kind of more modern twists. It's more just saying these are different ways in which classical Pilates has been adapted and evolved um, th over time. So in answer to your question, and I promise I'm going to get to it now, you know, is Pilates enough to build significant muscle and strength? So background done, let's kind of move forwards and, and really dig into answering your question. So we know that the key to any form of training, and I think it's really important to kind of hammer this home, is whether you're hiking, swimming, running, you know, whatever your choice of exercise may, might be, the key to that is effort and progression. The key to getting better Effort and progression, those two really important kingpins of how we improve in a given form of exercise. So if you're wanting to get stronger by doing Pilates, you are going to be need to be applying both of these rules in order to see that improvement. So if you're starting from where you are right now, your muscles right here, right now will have a certain tolerance that they're able to withstand. And that is pretty much reflective of what you've put your body through over the last kind of couple of months. So you are at X strength right now. Um, and maybe that, you know, that could be higher, that could be lower. I, d I don't know because I don't know you, but, but you are going to be at a point right now. And so if, you know, Pilates is the, the thing that you're like, right, I want to commit to this. I want to do X amount of sessions, whatever it is. As you train through your sessions, you will place force through your joints and muscles. And it is this force, um, this stimulus that needs to be adapted to 
in our recovery process. So as we sleep, as we, you know, kind of recover from our training so that we can then build strength and muscle. And this is the kind of progressive overload principle that we speak about a lot in my workouts and the app. So in order to facilitate muscle, um, you know, kind of growth and strength, we have to be applying that progressive overload principle. So we have to be placing that force through joints, through muscles, using that stimulus and then adapting from it in order to progress. So as long as your Pilates sessions are progressive in nature, you will be able to add strength and muscle. But that kind of progressive process is quite crucial. So I think it's about identifying how you might go about doing that within Pilates. So it will likely come down to two things. The first is increasing the volume, the capacity that you're able to do, uh, the number of repetitions, for example, in given exercises as you progress through. So volume is the first thing. So let's use an example of you doing, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about reformer, but like that's the only, because I, I don't do much uh, mat Pilates, but on the reformer, say you're doing like a, I don't know, a classical lunge or something like that. Um, I'm, I'm going to lie. I don't know the names of them, but let's just, let's just say you're doing some form of a lunge. Um, week one, you are able to do maybe eight and then your leg is quivering and you're like, I can't do any more. But uh, week six, seven or eight, you're suddenly able to do 10 and you feel pretty comfortable now at that level. That is you progressing and you getting stronger in that exercise. And it's a really tangible way of being able to say, oh yeah, I can absolutely say that I've improved on this exercise. And and just to kind of caveat that, that process isn't going to be linear. It might be that you have a week where you feel absolutely amazing and you smash out 10 and the next week you can only do eight again. But as long as that trajectory of that line is is roughly going up you know sometimes it'll come down a bit and then go up a bit and come down and then go up but as long as it's kind of really the, the trajectory is mainly up then that's great and that shows that you are progressing The second thing to be doing is increasing the tension placed on the joints and the muscles. So especially within Pilates, this could be using a bit more load or it could be taking a muscle into a greater stretch under the same load. So again, it could be adding load or could be taking a muscle into a greater stretch. So so increasing the range of movement that you're doing an exercise under. And you can also progress the time the muscle stays under, for example. So more time under tension, under contraction with things like pulses or timed isometric holds. So we look at those two things as being really crucial to your specific question of building muscle and strength. So volume is necessary and tension placed on joints and muscles is necessary. And that then sits under the principle of effort and progressive overload. That's a really important thing to understand. And I think it's also important to say that you know, you probably won't see progression. And this this kind of applies across the board, really, uh, from one session to another. But as long as you can do more sort of every month or every couple of months, you know, you're noticing that you are feeling that the classes or, or the, the session is getting easier and you are able to do more, that progression is there, then you will be building muscle and, you know, you will be improving strength, which is great. So in answer to your question, it's absolutely possible. And it is definitely something that can be achieved with Pilates with those specific principles adhered to. That being said, let's talk about the limitations. So we've said Pilates is great. So many, so many good things about it. And under the umbrella of effort and progressive overload, you know, and that applies to any form of training, 
there is a chance that you're, you know, if you apply them correctly, you're going to get better. And in this specific instance, you're going to build strength and get stronger. Great. I guess my my first limitation, and it really comes down to the more practical elements of Pilates rather than kind of biological limitations. Like there is no kind of biological limitation to you getting stronger in Pilates. It is more the practical elements of, of applying those principles that I spoke about earlier and the reality of those going into practice. So I find that if you're doing it in a class environment, the chances of being able to have that consistency of hitting the same workout every week and having that progressive overload and applying that in the same way that you can do it. You know, and this is why strength training is so brilliant at noticing progression is that there's a really tangible way to track progress. You know, week one, you do a deadlift and you you do eight at X amount. Week two, you do that deadlift, you do eight at, you know, a tiny bit more. And week three, um, you do eight at a tiny bit more. And, you know, th- there's a very tangible way of tracking progress. And often those sections, uh, those sessions, sorry, are very structured and that workout is repeated week on week. So the, the ability to kind of see that progress journey is much easier. If you're in a Pilates class where the instructor is, is leading the class, there's every chance that the workout each week is going to be different. There's every chance actually that every time you go to that session, the workout is going to be different. So the ability for your body to get stronger in specific movements over time becomes a little bit more difficult because you're not doing the same movement sort of week on week. It might be that one week you do a certain exercise, but the next week you don't do it. And then it just becomes a little bit more complicated to track that progression and to apply that progressive overload because there's just more diversity in terms of class concepts. And I think that you know, again, like I said, it's, it's a practical limitation. It doesn't mean that it can't be done because you could be training on your own at home doing Pilates, in which case you can apply that progressive overload and you can have that kind of um, same session each week that you're going to hit. But my experience of most Pilates classes is that the workouts change up quite a lot, which makes it harder to have that progressive overload. It just becomes hard basically to know if you are progressing and it's very hard to apply those kind of small incremental increases and which is why weightlifting is a bit more obvious. Like I just, yeah, I think that's important to kind of note. But, and another important point is that anecdotally like that, and I should have said at the start, but there are plenty of women who have done a lot of Pilates and have built amazing levels of strength and added muscle. So I'm sure there are some of you who might be listening going, hang on a second, I did Pilates. Like, there, it's absolutely possible. I'm just talking about kind of generalized limitations. So I think that that's the most important one in terms of the limitations. It's just that the diversity of like, you know, class and the inability to have that properly structured session where you're able to tangibly apply that progressive overload week on week just means that it's a little bit more challenging in terms of being able to know whether you're progressing. Um, but again, like I said, it's a, it's a, it's not a biological limitation. My final caveat, and I really just kind of, this is very specific to you because I think the way you ask this question, you're interested in building muscle and, you know, gaining strength. So I thought I would just add this in as a final point. If you're hell bent on doing Pilates and you absolutely love it and, you know, you are really enjoying that form of training, ignore this final point. But I do think that if adding muscle is your primary focus, then I genuinely would love if you could even just add in like one or two strength training sessions a week. And like the reason why, and it's not anything, you know, it's not a slight on Pilates at all. Like I said, I'm a huge fan 
it's just more practical and it will just help you to get the job done quicker. It's just a, it's just a quicker route basically to what you want. You want to have that definition, have that kind of increase in strength, um, building a bit of lean muscle. And if that is your primary goal, strength training is going to be better at getting you there. That's the reality. And that's not to say that Pilates won't. It'll just be a bit less of a linear journey and it might be a little bit more complicated in terms of like, you know, really getting much stronger. But underlying all of this, enjoyment is key. So you can listen to that point and you can say, yeah, but I love Pilates. And I say, great, ignore me then. Enjoyment is key. And the most important thing to our training is that we enjoy it and that we're consistent with it. And so if Pilates is that to you, and you're not only interested in building strength, but you also are just looking to have something you can stick to consistently, go for it. It can be brilliant. And I would prefer you to kind of push hard in Pilates and really enjoy it than give it up and or give a few sessions up a week to go and lift weights that you don't actually enjoy. So again, my final point, if you enjoy it and if your goal is specifically what you said in your question there are going to be certain limitations to Pilates, in which case I would consider adding in some form of resistance training. But if you turn around to me and said, I really don't enjoy it. I find the gym really intimidating. I still just want to stick to Pilates. I'd say, well, the best thing then is that you enjoy it and that you're consistent with it and you will definitely get stronger. And it just takes those key principles that I talked through at the start, effort and applying that progressive overload and just being consistent as well, just being consistent, showing up and working hard. So I really hope that that has helped to answer your question. As always, I go a little bit round the houses, but I hope that we got there in the end. And I just think that it's really nice that, you know, we are, well, hopefully I am anyway, like learning about other forms of training and, you know, understanding the benefits and also like really seeing that there are certain things that just really work for some people. And that's great. I think my job as a personal trainer is to be adaptive to the person that sits in front of me. It's not for me to have all of these kind of biases that I try to place onto other people. It's actually about listening to my client or my clients or whatever, and really being adaptive to what they want. That's what makes a great trainer, being able to listen, empathize, and um, be reactive to what the person sitting in front of you wants. So that would be kind of how I would navigate a conversation, even just one-to-one with a client. Um, But I hope that you found it helpful in this kind of more generalized sense. And I really hope that you enjoy, you embrace, and you thrive on your strength and muscle building journey. Thank you so much for your question. If you have any other questions that you'd like to send in, you can either drop me a DM on Instagram or you can email it to the email that we have in the show notes. I will be back next Wednesday with a brand new episode and I'll be back with Ask Alice on Friday. So I look forward to hopefully speaking to you then. Thanks. Insanity Group.